guys, welcome back to the Tweety Sessions. My name is Harris, and I'm Elisa Bokeen, and we are two brown chicks changing the face of therapy on both sides of the couch. couch. I don't know why I get so excited every time. I'm glad you do. <laughs> you want my energy, because I'm like, Because, I mean, what we're doing. Oh, yeah. We're changing the face of therapy. We are, and this, I'm excited about this idea that you came up with today because we talk about it a lot on other shows. Oh, I was like, what idea did I come up with? The topic for today. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's good, it's good. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Iron Circus. Yeah. <laughs> Hope everybody is doing well. And we really appreciated um, all of the feedback and comments from last week's episode where it was just me and Elisa. Yes. Um, everybody seemed to like the discussion about private practice. Um, hey, if you get a chance and you have any questions about, about private practice, anything that you feel like you didn't learn in school or something like that, like send us a, a message. You can DM us or send it to our email address because we're trying to come up with ideas on how to help you guys when it comes to private practice. DM us. DM us, not email. It's easier. No. <laughs> but DM us on Instagram. That's so many stupid ways. Or drop it in the comments. <laughs> Let us know. What you want to know about private practice? What has been your struggle? If you're, what makes you decide not to go to private practice or to go into private practice? Things like that, because we're trying to figure out. It seems like people really enjoy those conversations because we don't have them too often. Well, because I don't, I think you know when we're in grad school, there's a lot of times there's this conversation about being in private practice, and some of the professors have their own private practice, and you hear about all this, but then. Most, well, I won't say most because I haven't done the research. <laughs> Some. We don't always get the training in school right. to necessarily set up right. the private practice, which is what we were talking about last week. Right. And so, it, it, like you said, with uh, either if you have a business degree or something like that, I was lucky enough that my supervisor was all about private practice. Mm-hmm. So from the time I was in practicum, it was setting me up to do private practice, but we get that everybody doesn't have that training. Right. So. Yeah, my undergrad, was, my undergrad was in marketing um, right. and then was self-employed for many, many years. Um, before, yeah, before that. So I was fortunate to have that background. Right, exactly. But not everybody does. Not everybody does. And like we said, it's not Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. We are not Kevin Costner. Not. Yeah. <laughs> and we want to encourage, you know, like we said, we're trying to change the face of therapy on both sides of the couch. So how do we encourage more clinicians of color to dip their toe in? to private practice so that people can see clinicians that actually look like you. So, and I think you and I have also a different, um, I don't know if I said different perspective, but we're cash only. Yeah. That's the other piece. Right. Um, and that, you know. We love the people that take insurance. We love people that, take insurance. people that take insurance. Yes. Um, I just don't. I just, you know, and that's my own from being in the medical equipment company field before and dealing with insurance and all that. So I was like, "Ah, I don't want to deal with insurance, insurance, third party, you know, and so there's an extra right bit of work that you need to do when you are just going it alone. Right, right, right. Okay, so we'll make sure to address some of the questions as well as, like I said, we're trying to figure out how can we help as many people as possible when it comes to, like, trying out private practices and if it's for them. We already got some questions on IG. Um, Yes, we're going to save this live so you can view it again. 
Um, and then would you recommend a marketing background for private practice? My background is in marketing. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that having that background is important, um, certainly for private practice. And yeah. If it's not or your any background, business. any business, if yeah. it's not your background, having somebody that you can go to um, is going to be important. Um, and then even with that, it's not about necessarily getting a bachelor's degree or anything like that, just getting education on it. Right. So taking right. courses online, um, there are always options for you to learn more about yeah. that particular area, but marketing is a huge part. We have one that you um, led, a oh, yeah. webinar that if you go to melaninmentalhealth.com um, in the store, mm -hmm. um, it was the Dope Therapist, Dope, Entre dope therapist, Entrepreneur, something. Private practice, <laughs> be dope. Get your, get your get yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like a general it. overview. But yeah. we're trying to like figure out how to give you guys like more, even more yeah. detail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And and as far as the um, the podcast, it's always at Melanin Mental Health. You can go. Um, well, we're about a week ahead. So like Monday, we'll post the one. This upcoming Monday, we'll post the one from last week about um, our practice. So just head over to Melanin Mental Health, and you can see all the podcasts that we do there, the videos and the audio. So that is always available. Excellent. I'm having so much fun reading everybody's questions. All right. Well, let's get into the topic of today. Um, today we're talking about different forms of healing. It is Mental Health Awareness Month. I keep wanting to say minority mental health. It's Mental Health Awareness Month this month. Um, and so, of course, we are big proponents of therapy and going to therapy and seeking out a therapist. But as we talk about a lot on this show, we discuss other forms of healing and respect and recognize that therapy does not work for everyone or therapy in conjunction with other things may be more of a better suit for you. Right. So Therapy's not about, always the end all be all. Right. Right. And sometimes it takes, I need to get over some other stuff or deal with them in, in these other ways before I move into therapy. Or even having it, it like you said, in addition to other right. work that you're doing, right. um, because we're multifaceted layered exactly. individuals. Mm -hmm. And um, you can, I mean, I've had amazing therapists in the past and yet there were still other parts of me that also needed to be able to have outlets and support in different ways. Right. So, um, so yeah, so I'm excited for us to talk about all yeah. these different ways. And I think it's important. Some, it, it, I mean, not that all therapists are like this, but I know we talk a lot about um, having a team of different people that you can refer to, um, just making sure that it's more collaborative where, like, you, it's okay for you to seek out these options just because you're coming to see me for therapy doesn't mean you don't need to do chakra healing. Doesn't mean you don't need to go see a psychiatrist. Like there, there are so many different options and it's okay to kind of seek out those things and kind of build your own healing team. Why do you think our field is as hesitant, so to speak, to incorporate maybe some other forms of healing? Because, you know, our, our field can be pretty traditional in the way that it, that it, that it approaches how to tend to people's mental health. Why do you think it is as sometimes as conservative? I think a few things. I think one, because this is something that we talked about a lot in my, in my master's program, one is protecting the licenses, mm -hmm. right? So when it comes to like life coaches, relationship coaches, um, uh, other yoga, you know, mm -hmm. things like that. It's kind of like or other fields that are very similar, consulting and all that kind of stuff that can feel very similar to therapy. It's kind of like we need to protect our license, mm. right? We went to school, we did all the work to get yeah. testing and all that kind of stuff. And so then it's, it's hard 
and, and not really understanding what the differences are right. and not being sure that other people understand what the differences right. are, right? Right. And so I think a big part of it is like protecting, like, okay, we've done this, we've got this research background, right. and all this other stuff. And then, you know, as a life coach, there are different options and you can get certified or all kind of stuff, but it's not regulated. Right. And so I think that sometimes we are so concerned that like these people, which goes into that abundance but that fear of like okay if we don't protect our license then these people are going to take over Mm -hmm. and we won't be able to like practice the way we want to practice which is problematic on 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 some level right because on one level yes i totally believe we have to we want to protect our clients and um we want to make sure that they're not being taken advantage of our field is really big on, you know, empirically supported mm-hmm. practices. So all of that is done with the intention of protecting our clients, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, right? Like we're not opposed to that. I do think sometimes what I've noticed within our field, um, just within like conversations and such of other therapists is it can give people a complex. Like we're the only ones that can, support or right. help people's growth or like no like I, you need to come to me and um and that's where i think it becomes problematic yeah the idea that we're the only ones that can help people through certain um, challenges issues, right yeah, right yeah. and it feels very like competition yes it's a lot of competition instead of like these are different options for you mm-hmm. and even as a therapist being educated on those different options because like i was definitely a person that was like life coaching and yeah until i met life coaches and i would talk to them and and really good life coaches right. understand what their boundaries are yeah. they understand that like this is what i'm helping you with right and if it goes to past this or if you have other issues or traumas or anything like that then i will refer you to you about a right. therapist right um and so i think in my head because i didn't know all i knew was like I was in grad school mm-hmm. and it was like when I was getting my first master's degree and I almost didn't graduate with that degree I was like I'm just gonna become a life coach because yeah. that's what I that's all I right. know about it's like you just decide you'll be a life coach but then as I started networking as I started meeting new people I was like oh people that take it seriously and people that I will refer to for life coaching right. and, thing, and business coaching all that kind of stuff they take a completely different approach than what I thought yeah. it was yeah and I think it, it the same can be said for a therapist mm-hmm. That there are some therapists who don't do oh, their work. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. Even if we are regulated, even if you know our licenses are at risk, I, I think it depends on the individual. Because mm-hmm. some therapists don't know where their limits are or right. their boundaries. Right. So I really think as as a client, as a consumer of healing, I think we have to do our due diligence with whoever you're going to whether it be a therapist, whether it be um, a life coach, a spiritual healer, energetic healer, whatever, like do your due diligence in asking people about where did they get their training? What's right. their approach to healing? Um, how long have they been doing this? What what did they need to do in order to, um, to be able to do what they do? What are their limits? Yeah. You know, um, ask. Like right. ask about that. Right. And and also probably it depends on what you're looking for, right? We talked about marketing earlier as mm-hmm. far as private practice. And some people are really good at marketing, right? That doesn't necessarily mean that they have the, the skills mm-hmm. to 
um, help you with what you specifically need. So there may be a therapist that you see all the time across social media, yes. always posting things like that. So you're like, okay, this is the person I'm going to go to. But then once you reach out to them, once you start kind of working with them, you realize like, okay, their skills don't match with I do. Right. Or you just don't vibe with them. Or you just don't vibe with them. That's extremely important. So it's okay to like kind of check it out and see if it's a good fit. And it may not be just because this person is like the popular therapist or the person that you see all the time does not mean that one, they're a good therapist in general, like you mm-hmm. don't know, but two, that that's a good fit for you. Yeah. Um, Cause sometimes people just are really good at, at selling themselves. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. 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 So and that's okay. Um, but you just have to be honest and, and understand what you need as far as when you seek, when you're seeking out some type of mental health. Right. Um, so what have been, cause I know you've done a lot. I, I'm like all about the experimenting. Uh, what someone says, so there's this form of healing. I'm like, oh, like I'm such a healing junkie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'll do it. Put me under. Yes. Let me try this. I, you know, I just love it because you know there are so many gifted healers out there. Also, people and what, and I think that's one thing like for for us to define when I say healer. Um, for you to also keep in mind, when you go to somebody and they they say they're a healer, we're not healing anybody. Even therapists, therapists are not healing anybody. We're simply part of your healing process. We're part of your healing process. So I always caveat people, whether it be a therapist, whether it be, um, you know, whatever, a, a, a yoga instructor, right. whoever, if you... When people have that guru complex, mm-hmm. like beware. Right. <laughs> if they have all the answers. If they have all the answers, if they have this I am, you know, the therapist or I am the healer, like that's that's usually a red flag. Yeah. That's usually a red flag because a lot of times what can happen is there's a lot of ego tied into that particular process mm-hmm. that is not necessarily Client-centered, right? Um, how did I get into that? <laughs> we were talking about different forms of healing, but I think that's a good point because even in um, we've both done some training outside of just normal therapy right. training, and I feel like that was part of my struggle with my training, which I had <laughs> disrespectful. Yeah, um, I need to deal, decide if I'm going to continue with that or not, or whatever. But um, but it was kind of that that mindset of like, well. This doesn't work. This doesn't work. This is the only thing that works. Mm-hmm. It's like you need to come and see us. And, and so I was, while I, I still believe in the training and things right. like that, it kind of turned me off because I know that different people need different things. Absolutely. And so this one thing won't necessarily work for everyone. No. And I think, again, as clients, as healing consumers, we have to be able to explore those different options because at different points. So I've talked about before. You know, I'm not just a therapist. Mm-hmm. I'm a client, and I love therapy and have done it on and off for years. Mm-hmm. And there was a point in, in time where maybe a certain type of therapist or a certain type of therapy was what I needed. And then, you know, there was a time, I think, when I first started therapy, I, I really wanted the therapist that was very direct. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is what you need to do. Da, 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 da. And then as I was healing, then I was like, oh, like, I don't need somebody that to right. do that anymore so um, I loved my therapist and um had benefited so much working with her and I was like oh wow like it's time for me to try something different right and then as I was going through my process 
and, and really exploring my own beliefs and spiritual beliefs and all that, I thought I needed to be able to incorporate more of my spirituality or my spiritual beliefs into my healing process, mm-hmm. um, getting into this energetic world and, you know, what does all this mean and energy and chakras and right, right, right. Um, which is all resonating with me and trying to find other avenues to explore. And that's the thing that's so cool about this is as you start exploring and seeking and finding new ways of healing, like there's another layer that will unfold and there's another layer that will unfold. And you'll find like there's so many people out there doing such beautiful work that for us as mental health professionals to think that this is the only way. Right. Or that someone else couldn't complement the work that we're doing with our mm-hmm. clients is really, I think, ego-centered versus right. client-centered. Right. And even, um, I can't remember 100%, but I believe it's with the Texas LMFT is, at least, like, you can, they even have different types of therapists. Mm-hmm. Like, it's okay yeah. as long as everybody's aware. Right. Right. So, I know I work with couples a lot. And so, yes, I'm going to refer for individual therapy as well as couples therapy, if there's something specific that I can't help with, then I'm going to refer out. Um, and so there's nothing wrong with, like, having these different people to, like I said, kind of be on that healing team. Right, to, to have a healing squad. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what what you do, chakra healing. Mm-hmm. So can you talk a little bit about your experience with that and what made you decide to kind of yeah. move into that? So it was, again, you know, I've done uh, therapy on and off for many years. And then as I was exploring also this energetic healing and um, started learning about crystals and Reiki and all this stuff, I'm like, this is cool. This is shiny and pretty. I want to learn more about it. And then discovered somebody who was combining the psychotherapy with the energy psychology, with the energy Mm -hmm. healing. And it's it was something that for me um, really opened up parts. How can I explain this in a way that's more concrete instead of this woo-woo? <laughs> um, I, I began to notice that patterns that maybe I'd been stuck in for many years and had done therapy, um, suddenly I, I wasn't stuck in those patterns anymore. I had a different level of clarity. Mm-hmm. And is if is that because I was able to incorporate more of what I needed mm-hmm. into my therapy, into my healing? Maybe, you know, um, there is something to be said for energy psychology. You know, we've all, we've all experienced that. If you've walked into a room and you feel the vibe of the mm-hmm. room or you meet someone and you're like, I'm just not feeling their vibe or I am feeling their vibe, you know, our bodies pick up on this stuff. Right, right. And so um, because of the experience that I had and the shift that I was able to make in my own personal life, I was like, I need to learn how to do this. Right. I need to learn how to be able to offer this to my clients if this is also something that they would benefit or that it would resonate with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I did my, it's a three-year program, really. It's two years of training and then a year of, like, post-grad stuff. Um, but it was very much about this being able to integrate and have a more holistic approach right. to healing. Right, right, mm-hmm. right. So just being able to, you kind of understood yourself and the interest that you started to develop. Yeah. And so there was something that fit that. that yeah, it was helpful. Which was so cool. Right. I'm like, hey, what? Right. And I think what we talk about as therapists, well, what we talk about all the time is how can we be more fully authentic yeah. with the work that we do. Right. And 
the more uh, authentically we can show up for our clients, granted, like we said before, that doesn't mean this is authentically me, so I'm here in my PJs. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. But are there are there other ways or other um, resources that I can offer them to to be part of their healing process? Yeah. And I think that goes with doing your own healing, right? Yes. As you grow, as you change, the the way you thought when you first started practicing may completely be may be completely different Absolutely. after five, ten, two, however long years. As you go through your own healing, as you start to explore the world and learn more and open yourself up to different things, then yeah, you want to incorporate mm-hmm. it more within your clients or you mm-hmm. want to be able to refer to someone that does this type of work. Um, so I think that sometimes we get so stuck in like therapy is the way yeah. because we haven't experienced the, the benefit of all these other things, yeah. right? Like I know even the simplest thing of like I started this morning routine when I started, I restarted because I took it a break. <laughs> but this morning routine and as I see the benefits, it's, it's like anything else. Once you start learning the benefits, you want to tell everybody. Yes. Right? You want everybody to understand like, no, but if you do this yes. every yes. day, yes. imagine like what your life could be, yes. right? This is how it impacted me. Yes. So I can see how it impacts you. That's so true. You know, that's why I think it is so important for therapists to do their own healing, mm-hmm. right? Because we have we have to address these issues to be able. I really see us as this instrument, mm-hmm. right? Like we're this instrument that is being used as part of our client's process. And the more clear yep. your instrument, right? Right, because you've done your work, because you're doing your ongoing work, because you're you are building your own self-awareness mm-hmm. as a therapist, your clients benefit from that. Yeah. They benefit from that. So I think investing in our own healing is so important. And it also reminds us what it's like to be on that other end, like we're to be on the couch. Right. You know? Right. To be the person mm-hmm. receiving mm-hmm. whatever you Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, other, I'm trying to think of the other types of healing. So we talked a little about a bit about coaching, um, the chakra healing. I'm thinking about just incorporating. I know we had, um, oh, I can't think of a name, but incorporating like movement and exercise absolutely into it. Um, like I know you have a friend that does yoga, yoga and trauma informed yoga. Yes, yes. Elizabeth Eberer. She's here in Houston, and um, she is amazing at what she does. She is very skilled in treating trauma. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also a yogi, a yoga instructor. Yes, yeah, <laughs> um, there's all, She's also a yoga instructor. And so she's been able to develop this this program and, and, and does it to where, you know, so much of what trauma is, it gets stuck in our bodies. And I don't know, I've experienced this myself in a yoga class where there's different postures, different poses that really help to open up and release some of this trauma, release some of the emotions. Because I had experienced like that one time in um, in a class. It was so funny to me. I was like, oh, this is why people cry in yoga. Um, <laughs> it was a one particular pose that the instructor had done. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not even going to try that because <laughs> like that's just not going to happen. And I was trying it. I was trying. I think it was like the wheelbarrow or whatever it's called and I'm like yeah that's not gonna happen um and then the instructor was like does anybody need help blah blah she comes around and I was like yeah let me just have her help me and she's like oh yeah she's like just open your hands out a little wider make some space and push up again and I did it and I was like 
<laughs> like I started crying. Like I had to, just the feeling of, and I had this moment and it was, I felt like it was such a metaphor for life, like creating a little more space, mm-hmm. just kind Adjusting. of like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And like push through. And I was like, oh my God, I did it. Something that just not even two minutes ahead right. of time. I was like, I can't do that shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, there's no way. Mm-hmm. And then someone comes and says, do this little adjustment. And I just, right. I started crying. Mm-hmm. And so that's another example of in that moment, like this little nugget of time. I was like, wait, I could do hard things. Yeah. <laughs> I can get through things that I didn't think I could before. Yes. 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 So the trauma-informed yoga is also um, with the idea that people who have suffered trauma, you know, it's very difficult sometimes to ask them, like, we'll talk about your trauma. Like, right. that's not how it works. And yeah. there's a part of our brain to get shut, shut down by it. But with the yoga and certain poses, it can help to release some of that without having to mm-hmm. speak mm-hmm. so um so yeah hypnosis yes you know hypnotherapy hypnotherapy um is is another way and actually um what i was what i am getting trained in <laughs> is a form of hypnotherapy mm-hmm. um that is supposed to be a little bit faster um but i had never even had any experience with hypnotherapy mm-hmm. outside of like when i was in school and they were like oh yeah Hypnotize yeah. easily, and I was like, "Oh, okay. <laughs> no, you know, I've horrible. had it done, right?" And I know that's like <laughs> you. She was one of the people I got to practice on, and all of that. So you've done hypnotherapy. I've done. Um, so another dear, I have all these friends who do like all this like amazing stuff. So I really do. I'm like, I have a friend who does. so my friend, uh, she's here in town too, Houston, uh, Michelle Dahl West, um, who is a hypnotherapist and. Um, also doing like this work like on intergenerational trauma mm-hmm. and how it gets passed down so tell people though a little bit who maybe they don't know what hypnosis is can you because it's not like you're, yeah you're getting sleepy <laughs> hypnosis is not a matter of like you are completely out of control of your body i don't know what's happening i just wake up and all of a sudden yeah it's really just a form of like deep relaxation deep meditative deep meditative state. state where you're you're still in control and that's mm-hmm. i think that's what scares people the most about it and i get it because i felt the same way yeah. um it's just like oh no i'm not gonna i don't want to do anything stupid in front of somebody else right. or whatever is that what you gonna control right what are you gonna make me do it's not like the the shows that you might see in vegas or anything like that it truly as when i'm talking about hypnotherapy hypnotherapy not hypnosis mm-hmm. those are two so hypnotherapy is a deep form of relaxation meditation that gets you in a space where you can kind of get in touch with your um, subconscious mind and it brings up things that maybe you're not aware of or things that you just brings up things so that you can kind of process a little bit different than what you would with your conscious mind is trying to talk about it and things like that mm-hmm. so i know what i was training in it was very much about kind of going back into the memories um, in our childhood and those things that kind of led to whatever struggles we have right. um, and, and dealing with that at that point, like when it first formed, as opposed to trying to process it all right now. Um, as I complete, I'm, I'm really like, okay, when I get back to the training, I really want to use it for clients that are kind of stuck Yeah, where like they've made some progress in, in, in talk therapy, but the therapist or the client recognizes like we're not moving anywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something blocking that person from being able to move past it. Mm-hmm. And so then, 
they could come and do hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called rapid transformational therapy and kind of get that block removed in a couple of sessions and they go back to therapy and now they can kind of move forward in their mm-hmm. progress. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so yeah, I think that a lot of people, when you think of therapy, it's very much about the show and like, you're going to make me do things mm-hmm. and stuff like that, but it's, it's not anything like that. Like right. it's really just about you kind of letting go of a little bit of your control and letting your subconscious mind come to the forefront yeah. and, and help you kind of understand what's happening and what's happening within your life and, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, I I think part of what we've lost, I think, in just in our communities and with this work, mm-hmm. it's kind of like what Dr. Manuel um, has talked about mm-hmm. before, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, and if y'all don't know Dr. Manuel, we quote him all the time. He's in um, Boston, Dr. Manuel Samadipa. Um, he said at one time that we were like, yes, where he said, you know, therapy is ours. Yeah. And this idea that our communities have always gathered and sought out counsel, um, sat in these healing um, ways. You know, that's something that we've done, that our ancestors did, that we've done for years and years and years. And I think that's the other part of this that has resonated with me, like in my own healing process, in my own growth as a therapist um, and tapping into my own roots is this is a lot of these new Mm -hmm. forms of healing. They're not new. They're ancient ways of of forms of healing that our ancestors did, Mm -hmm. right? That, um, that they relied on before you went and you sat on the couch. Right. 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 Um, and so I don't think that we give enough um, credit, credit mm-hmm. and respect to these ancient forms of healing that that are really part of us, that are part of our DNA. Right. And I think that's why sometimes when you do open yourself up to that, why it tends to resonate a little bit more yeah. because it feels familiar, mm-hmm. right? Even though we don't recognize it as familiar, that there is, when we talk about traditional therapy or talk therapy as it is today that's why a lot of times we feel disconnected from it right because like we said before it wasn't necessarily made for minority communities at all Mm -hmm. and so we're trying to kind of fit in as opposed to like understanding that we have all these forms of healing that we've had for generations generations and generations that we can incorporate and we can work with that may feel a little bit more um, comforting and, and familiar than just going to talk therapy. Right. And and I think that really help us to feel connected, mm-hmm. like to feel more connected um, to our, like to nature, to our ancestors, just to something, to our community, just to something bigger than ourselves. Right. right. And we've said this before, healing is about connection. Right. Right. And yeah. so there's different forms of connection. Um, and so I think it's important for us within the to recognize that and respect that and to make space for that mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like when our clients are showing up and maybe they have these additional needs or maybe they share with us. Yeah. You know, like if someone comes to me and they talk about, you know, my clients know, like if they come to me and they're like, I don't know if you, you know, like about astrology or like, yeah, is that part of you? Like bring Let's it talk in, about it, yeah. you know, yeah. or if they come to me like about crystals or chakra healing, yes, like let's talk about it, you right. know, and maybe they talk to me about something, I mentioned something one day and I was like, I don't know what that is, I'm going to look into that, mm-hmm. you know, but I think we have to create that space within the therapy room and be curious versus 
judgmental or skeptical right, right away. Right. And allowing people to bring their whole self authentically to therapy. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know, learn. Right. right. It's not up to them to teach, which that goes into the cultural part of it mm-hmm. as well. But it's not up to that person to have to teach you everything. Like you said, they mentioned it to you. Oh, I haven't heard of it. And I'm going to do my due diligence and, and research and learn. Yeah. Um, or, I mean, and it's funny because I remember, I feel like the answer used to be refer out, refer out, refer mm-hmm. out. But it's coming to a space where, like, especially for us as minority clinicians, there aren't a million of us. Like, yeah. we have, there are a lot. There are a lot, but there there's a lot. not enough. But there's not enough. And so when clients come to you, and just because this isn't your background or, or even like you you're not necessarily interested in crystals and things like that allow them to come as their authentic self and then do your due diligence so you can help them in yeah. that path that they're on find that out doesn't how it helps them. right exactly yeah. you don't you don't have to necessarily go into it it might be helpful if you did mm-hmm. but find out how it helps and continue to help them in that if that's the path they chose right. as opposed to just being like oh no yeah that doesn't work for me let's move right on. right and it's the same thing it's like most of I don't consider myself a Christian counselor at all, mm-hmm. but I have clients that religion is a very important part of the thing for them. So then I make sure I'm going to be able to talk to them in certain terms and identify with them in that when they when they show me that that is what's important mm-hmm. to them. I'm not just going to be like, oh, no, I'm not a Christian t- counselor. We don't talk about that. Right. We can't talk about Jesus. What are you talking about? Right. We can't talk about right. him. Right. So, yeah. Um, you have to recognize that. I think our communities are hungry for it too. Mm-hmm. I think our community, you know, I've seen it more and more um, in that searching, like the search for healing. You know, I think that's part of why we've seen such a shift in how we talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. And you see more people talking about mental health and more people are able to talk about it and talk about going to therapy and all that, which I think is wonderful. Mm-hmm. But I think that's, that is because, People are hungry for healing. Right. Like, there's so much crap, you know, that has gone on for years, but especially these last years, I would say, I think have been an overdrive mm-hmm. as far as what our communities are dealing with. And, and not that there's been more, but it's more highlighted. Right. We have more access to seeing it. On, on, an, on an even deeper level. And I think it's not just us seeing it because we've always seen it, but now that we know that others are seeing it and things are not necessarily shifting the way that we want right, to, right. Like, like, shouldn't you be concerned about this as well? I think that is just really adding to our desire to heal mm-hmm. and to heal within our communities and in ways that resonate with us. Yeah, definitely. And I think as we continue the conversation about mental wellness, mental health, um, just understanding that while, yes, we can deal with a lot, we don't have to. We don't have How to. How to pass that thought process of like, oh, we just pack it on, pack it on, pack yeah. it on. I think that goes along with yeah. it, right? Like, I think the first step was, it is like, okay, therapy, right? Because yeah. that's the one that's most out there. But then as you kind of went through that process, kind of like, well, what else is out there, right, right? right? If you see the benefits of therapy, what else can I do to incorporate in my life? And if you have a therapist that is open, then they're going to start asking you, what well, do you meditate, right? How do you, what about gratitude? All those things that are more, exactly, mindfulness is a huge thing. All those things that may seem a little bit like, okay, that's outside of the realm of therapy, but those are all things that help us deal and cope with life and help us kind of get more present in the moment, right? which is a lot of what mental health is all about. It's like you're not being so caught in the past and the future, but like what's happening right now and what can I control right now? Absolutely. Um, So I think that as 
you go to therapy and as therapists are, are introducing those things, then you do become more curious about mm-hmm. these other practices and these other things. Yeah. I want to talk just a little bit about retreats. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, I, I know this, if anybody follows, like, my leak or anybody that's, like, <laughs> that was there, you saw all the pictures from the uh, my leak, my Tachi retreat this weekend. But, and I know you've done a retreat mm-hmm. with the Women's Earth, and we're yeah. going to be doing one in We're December. doing one in December. There's a few spaces, I think. I think it's, like, three spots available yes. if you want to go to this retreat. Yes, the Women's Earth phase in December. Yes. And so, how do retreats fit into that healing space? I think, you know, and, and specifically with the Women's Earth retreats that I've, I've been blessed enough to be able to be a facilitator for two of them, um, is that I think it can be the springboard mm-hmm. for a lot of people. Like, let's say they've never um, done therapy or what have you. Like, you're usually going there because you want some, on some level to, to get some new information mm-hmm. to help you grow. Um, so... Retreats like the Women's Earth, what I've witnessed is that you start to, one, see that, oh, wow, maybe I'm not the only one who's dealing with this, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, oh, so this is really a thing, um, that, I'm, that I'm not the only one dealing with this, that, so when that happened, that was actually something that shouldn't have happened, mm-hmm. uh, that was maybe a violation towards me. But, I, but it's very healing also being in this community where the intention has been set for healing, for growth, for um, connection, Mm -hmm. those are all the elements of healing. And then fun, having a good time as well. But I think for a lot of people, a retreat can be something where the the focus is primarily just on you, on your healing, on on you having a good time. On the support that you get from the other people there. Because I feel like that's a big part of it. That's huge, yeah. Like, there's real forms, there's real um, bonds that can form Mm -hmm. as a result of that because you're going through this process together. Right, Mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. So that's, I just, I know we talked about it a lot. And so I was just wanting to add that as like another option as far as retreats or group therapy or things like that. You have that type of support um, and this space that's all about healing. Absolutely. Right. For an extended period of time. Even like couples retreats and things like that. Right. Like, yeah. It's like like an intensive. Exactly. Exactly. This is all dedicated to us growing and healing in this space. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's for more than an hour, two hours a week. It's like I get this 48 hours yeah. focused on my healing or mm-hmm. however long we're going to be there, five days. We're going to be there five days. <laughs> it's going to be so good. Yeah. And then yeah. healing on the ocean because, you know, the ocean, that's my thing. Mm-hmm. So being near the water and, and yes, so retreats are, are a beautiful way to connect with others and just go deeper and in a more intensive way within a short amount of time. Right. 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 Mm-hmm. So I think that's it. I mean, and we've had a lot of conversation. I mean, we have a lot more that we can talk about, but we're going to go ahead and wrap up. <laughs> yes. And so this month, would it be self? Oh uh, yeah. Not self-care nope. awareness. <laughs> Mental health awareness month. We need to start a self-care awareness month. Actually, we should know that. <laughs> Mental health awareness month. Yes, we have. We have a um, giveaway that we're doing right now. We have partnered up with ThriveWise. And if you go to our Instagram, um, what we're doing is we partnered up with ThriveWise and they are giving away three carefully specialized bundled 
self-care boxes. Mm -hmm. And so all you have to do, if you go over there, you're going to follow us, you're going to follow them, you're going to post a picture of your favorite form of self-care. And three people are going to win one of these self-care boxes. Um, you're going to get a consultation so that they can curate, customize, customize this um, self-care box for you. And you'll get some... Uh, a self not a, it doesn't have to be a self-care one but you're going to get a melanin mental health t-shirt also of your choice mm -hmm. um so that's going to be fun we're going to give the give that away it will be randomly selected at the end of the month so if you head over to instagram look at the post um follow us follow them and post a picture because we, we need some ideas on other forms of self-care self right, right right like i'm always looking like i said a healing I, give me all the ideas <laughs> She'll try anything. <laughs> well, almost anything. <laughs> a lot of things. I'll try a lot of things, right? Um, give us some ideas. We want to know. We'll repost it in our um, Instagram stories as well. Mm -hmm. So um, that's this month. And then what else? Oh, what else? Merchandise. We are yes. a 20% off uh, coupon code for, I keep wanting to say minority mental health, <laughs> mental health awareness month. Um, and so the, Code is mental health. Mental health. So if oh, you head okay. over to melaninmentalhealth.com, click on the shop button, mm -hmm. um, and so you've seen the merchandise. We have the new, cups. And we also have new merchandise up there. So check it out. Black Therapist exists. That next Respect My Boundaries is my favorite shirt. Yeah, um, I do love that. I do love that shirt. Self-care is sexy. Self-care Woke yeah. Therapist. There's a lot of merchandise. Go over to there. Get 20% off for um, celebrating Minority mental, mental health <laughs> awareness month. And m m m m m yes, <laughs> all of that with melanin and mental health. <laughs> yes, yes. I guess that's it. Oh, I have a um, masterclass. When is it? May twenty fourth. Uh, you can head over. Corner. You can go to uh, Room for Relations Instagram if you want to go ahead. It's kind of like a pre sale. It's not really on sale right now. But if you just want to stay informed and get more information about it, I'm going to start like pushing it a lot next week. You go to roomforrelations.com and sign up for the email list. And if you sign up for the email list, you get like the five days of becoming sexually free. Um, Sets of people. And the masterclass. Sexually class, free. Sexually yes. free. And the masterclass <laughs> is all about getting the sex that you want. So check out Room for Relations if you are interested in joining that masterclass. I love sex. All right. That's all we have. Oh, wait, why don't you look at some of the questions? Oh, okay. On Facebook. I'll look at the ones over here. What are people saying? Do they have questions? Are they just telling us how much they love? They just said it's great. 100% as a therapist, I had to go off and go deeper with other modalities. Um, oh, yes, yeah, so a license is not me. You are going to have boundaries or ethics. Look. Uh, love the discussion. What trainings have you been in that was not therapy? Um, yeah, chakra healing isn't technically therapy, is it? Or it's not therapy, it but it's combined, and it had a mental health component to it because the woman that trained me um, and who trained her, the woman who trained her was a psychiatrist, and then the woman who trained me was is also a licensed professional counselor, licensed marriage and family therapist, supervisor, um, 30 years plus of experience in the mental health field. So even though it wasn't necessarily a therapy training, there was a strong um, a strong part of the training was bringing in the mental health, like, you know, 
what people are not appropriate for this type of healing, um, you know, what diagnoses, um, that sort of thing. So, th- so, so there was a strong mental health component as part of my, right. Yeah. Yeah. But that's not therapy training, like maybe like some sort of like physical form mm-hmm. or like I, I, with hypnosis. With hypnosis? Well, hypnotherapy is not okay. therapy mm-hmm. the way we talk about mm-hmm. therapy. Um, so it was definitely a struggle for me being in the kind of like what I said, where it was kind of like uh, not against therapy, which, right. you know, as a therapist in this training, it was like, wait. Um, so they definitely try to separate themselves, although it's called hypnotherapy, um, from like a, a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, things like that. Um, so yeah, so, but it was still, it was, it's a lot of similar concepts. It's a lot of, you know, working through trauma, um, helping people overcome childhood traumas, things like childhood incidents that may have led to whatever they're dealing with at this point. So it's a lot of similarities. It's just a lot more focused. Yeah. So it's very much nope, I got it. It's very much about um it's very much about like going directly to the source and getting them out of it as quickly as possible. That training was I don't I don't know how other hypnotherapy trainings are, but that one was very much like no more than like two sessions and they'll be like good to go. Um I have my hesitations about it, but I, I always plan to incorporate it with my therapy practice. So it was never gonna be like I'm only doing this part because as a therapist, as a trained therapist, I you know, I could see where there are some limitations in the way that they were doing it. So I always wanted to kind of incorporate it. So um so yeah, it was it definitely because you can do it without being honest or anything like that. Yeah. So yeah. So I think that's pretty much it. it. Yeah. All right. Um this is my first time watching. Thank you for joining us. Um, love the dialogue. Thank you guys so much. And like we said, if y'all have questions or just um, things that you wish you had known about private practice, uh, make sure you send us a DM so we can kind of keep track of those and we're going to figure out how to dispense information so we can get more people interested in that part of mental health. And um, make sure you follow us on our social media, Melanin and Mental Health, Melanin Health on Twitter. And go to Melanin and Mental Health to check out all the old podcasts, buy merchandise, and to find a dope, dope therapist. If you are a dope therapist, go sign up for the directory. Um, and we will talk to you guys soon. Oh, wait, we need to talk about the happy hour, May 17th. To be determined where to be determined. May where 17th. we're gonna have where we're gonna have it. Yes. But May 17th, if you're in Houston or if you just want to Come to Houston. Come on to Houston. Meet us. <laughs> yeah. We'll be there. May 17th. We'll post some where we're going to be. Yeah.